1: Of the Lord, there is deliverance and healing, His presence is here. Welcome, welcome to your recharge, welcome to your re- reboot. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm, amen. Amen. Well, I'm Tina Taylor. For those who may not know me, I'm Tina Taylor, and I have been asked by our pastors to minister the word to you today. I do consider it an honor and a pleasure to do that, because I can serve my master when I do that. Mm-hmm. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. It's true, and it's for us. And so, Lord, we pray that as it goes out, it will accomplish that for which it was sent. We pray that only you are seen and only you are obeyed. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that's opening our minds and our hearts so that we can be doers of your word and not just hearers. It's so in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Every, every week when you come here, there's been a lot of preparation to usher um, the Spirit of God into this place so that you can sit and find peace that maybe you didn't have this week. So that you can sit and find clarity that maybe you didn't have this week. So that when you leave, you leave changed and you leave differently. And there are people that do that beginning Sunday night all the way up to another Sunday. There are people that are serving. And it may be you that are serving that too can reap the benefits of others serving for you. And so I think that community is very, very important because we all like to be served, right? Everybody enjoys being served from time to time. You like for people to roll out the red carpet for you sometimes makes you feel loved, makes you feel like you belong, makes you feel like you're wanted here to be served. And as you're thinking about service, I want you to think about what you do to perhaps make somebody feel like they belong, that they're loved and that you want them there. Let's start with the home. That's the greatest place and the most opportune place that we can serve. Can you think of things that you do in your home to serve other people? A few come to mind? Okay. Can you think of things that you do outside of your home to serve people that will impact them to come to God? I see some heads nodding. Do you do that on a regular basis? All right. No matter where you, you fell in that category, yes or no, this message is for you. If you don't serve, I believe by the time that it's all over, God's going to place something in your heart that you need to do and you're going to do it by the end of this week. You're going to make an inquiry. You're going to take a step. You're going to do something by the end of this week to use the talents and the gifts that he has given you. And if you're already serving, you're going to pray and ask the Lord to continue to give you strength. Because if you serve, then you already know that sometimes people like vegetables, right? You don't always like them, but you need them, Miss Lou. They're good for you. They're good for your body. They're good for the community. And pastor always says, all that you need is always wrapped up in a relationship. So when we think about serving and serving one another, we know that when we serve, the other person is a direct recipient of whatever it is that we're giving, right? And they can receive that. But when you think about serving God, is God the direct recipient of our service? I would have you think that people are the direct recipient of our service to God. You may say, hey, well, I worship God, isn't I serving God? Well, worship and service are two different words, right? Service. And we're going to have a working definition so that we can all be on the same page for the next few minutes about that word service. But whenever we say that we serve God, we don't serve him directly. He gives us something to do so that we can serve other people. So we're going to speak from the topic this morning that serving God means serving people. Can you help me? Can you say that with me? Serving God means serving people. So if I were to go around and say, do you serve God? Do you serve God? I imagine I would get lots of yeses in the room. But then I might follow it up with the question with, how do you serve God? And for that, I might get a lot of different answers of how I serve God. So we're going to come up with that definition together so we can know exactly what it means when we When you guys help me preach and say that serving God means serving people, we can all know exactly what we mean by that. So the New Testament word for serve means to attend, to wait upon, to maybe do a domestic task to take care of the sick, or maybe take care of some duties of a deacon as outlined in the church in Timothy. So what we're going to say that it means in light of that definition is to regularly attend to anything that is for another's interest To bring them to Christ. So to regularly attend to another's interest in order to bring them to Christ. So with that definition, some people say, yeah, I still serve. I still fall in that category of serving. And with that definition, some people are still saying, "Mm, no, I, I don't quite serve yet. And there are reasons for this. There are reasons that we serve and there are reasons that we don't serve. One of the reasons that we do serve is that because of love. Love is the overarching thing of why we serve. It's because we love God, and in order to show him how much we love him, we do what he asks of us to do. For the word says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Those are written in verbal. we simply going to do what he asks us to do because we love him. And if you're in different relationships, which we probably are, you might be in a marriage relationship or a mother and father relationship, um, maybe an aunt and uncle relationship, a co-worker relationship. Sometimes we serve people because we love them. We just love them, and we want to meet a need for them. So we serve because we love. Some people don't serve because they love themselves. Well, I don't really want to do that. You want me to come out how many nights a week? How long is it? You're thinking about what you would rather be doing as opposed to how you could be attending to someone else's need. Right? So we serve for love, and then we serve because we love ourselves. And then others, they serve for approval. They want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. They want to please God. They want to give back what he has given to them. And so they do that out of seeking God's approval, wanting God to be pleased with them. Or sometimes if we were to check our heart, we might serve because we want the approval of others. We want them to see how well we can do something or We want them to give us accolades, and that falls short, and the grace for that is very short. It it doesn't last long, because when the thank yous and the pats on the back go away, then we stop serving. So we have to check our heart. That's why this message is for everybody, checking our heart about why we serve. And then others, they don't serve because they don't approve of themselves. They say, I'm not good enough to serve. Well, I don't really know how to do it that well. Or I only do it for my family and friends. You know, I didn't go to school for that. They don't approve of themselves. They say I'm not good enough. Some of them still say I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. If you only know what I did in my past. Or if you only know where I came from. We don't do that in my family. So they don't approve of themselves, and they think and believe that God doesn't approve of them. But we're going to learn, and we're going to walk through the scripture today, and we're going to find out that God has enabled all of us, that God has counted us all faithful, and that God has placed us in a place where we can serve him. Because serving God means serving people. We're going to be in the book of 1 Timothy. Timothy 1. And 1 Timothy was written by the Apostle Paul. He wrote many books. This book in particular and a few others are specifically about serving. He's writing to his mentee, Timothy, and he's telling Timothy how he needs to serve people. Because Paul got it. Paul got it that when I serve God, I have to serve people. That's what it's all about. And so he's teaching him and encouraging him about how to do that. And that's where we get wonderful, wonderful scriptures that say in 1 Timothy 4.12, let no man despise your youth but be an example of to believers in word and conversation. He also told Timothy, neglect not your gift that was given to you by the prophecy and the laying on of hands. Then he told him in six six, godliness with contentment is great gain. And lastly, he told him, you know all the rich folks in your church? Well, you tell them they ought to be rich in good works and ready to distribute and willing to communicate. They can't buy their way in heaven. They ought to be rich in good works because serving God means what? Serving God. So we're going to look at 1 Timothy 1 and 12, and it says, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. But the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant, the faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the chief. However, for this reason, I obtained mercy that in me first Christ Jesus might show how long suffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So here's Paul talking about being placed in the ministry and how he felt like he wasn't good enough, that he felt he wasn't worthy. And he said, in fact, God did it, I believe, because he wanted me to be an example of his long suffering, of his patience. And so we're going to take a look at Paul and we're going to look at all the how his life and how all of his life reaches everyone in this room and why he truly is an example of how we all can serve right where we are, with what we have, and how we can do it faithfully. So let's do a little character sketch of Paul. We know a few things about him. I guess if I were to ask you, you could tell me a few things about him, but maybe you don't know quite as much. Paul used to be called Saul. He used to be called Saul. When he was called Saul, he was doing some treacherous things. Yeah, he was looking for Christians. He went hunting for Christians because he wanted to persecute them. He wanted them, he wanted their lives to be very, very difficult. But Saul, he grew up in a very wealthy family, in a very religious family. They wanted him to be very educated, so they taught him all of the culture of Judaism, but also the Greek and the Roman philosophy. He also had a trade. He was a tent maker, so he used his hands. Paul was a very passionate man. This was his gift from God, because once Saul was using his passion for bad. He also used that same passion for good. Now, the writers about Paul thought it was important that we know that Paul was also very unattractive. They said that he was short and bald and had a big nose, and they, they said bulging eyes. Like I told 8 o'clock, now, if you're short and bald, gotta be, that don't make you ugly, but if you put that together, <laughs> if you put that combination together, you might have something, Right? <laughs> You got a beautiful handiwork of God, right? So I want to say it another way so we can understand that we are just like Paul. Paul was raised in a religious, wealthy family. He was mean to Christians. He was a big bully. He was a leader at being a bully against Christians. And although he was highly educated, he had a trade. He worked with his hands. And he also was a guy who lived in both wealth and poverty. He had been shipwrecked. Paul had gone to jail. He was the bully that got beat up. Paul was the law that went to jail. And he went from denying Christ to dying in Christ. So no matter where you are today, I hope that you can connect and relate to Paul. Perhaps you did you do have a PhD. Perhaps you dropped out at the 6th grade. Perhaps you came from a wealthy family. Perhaps you know what it is to be homeless the majority of your life. Maybe you have a sense where you felt like you were definitely an enemy of God at one point, but now you call him friend. Wherever you are today, Paul's been there, and Paul wants us to know that serving God means serving people. So let's read 1 Timothy 1.12 again, and he says, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has enabled me, because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. So I want to look at three words, enabled, faithful, and putting. And enabled here means to place or or to strengthen or empower. So to give something uh, a boldness or a power to do something. So this is where we talk to persons who aren't currently serving because they're saying, I don't have enough skills. My skill set isn't good enough. I don't know how I can do that. And I want you to know that if you take what you have, God will use that for his glory to bring in the people that he desires to have into the kingdom of heaven. There was once a time that I was um, in trouble often. Uh, We got grounded a lot. We didn't get many spankings, thank the Lord. But my mom got phone calls a lot from my teachers. I know it was surprising. (laughs) But she did, mostly because I was talking. Yeah. You was gonna say talking. <laughs> okay. Yeah, absolutely. Talking. Talking a lot. And not just talking to one person. I talked to everybody in my class. It didn't matter. I just especially oh, if you're an outlier and you're sitting by yourself, oh I'm coming for you. I'm coming to talk to you because I wanted everybody to feel a part. I wanted everybody to be included. I wanted everybody to feel comfortable and happy. And so my teachers noticed that, and they got me and a group of other students together around seventh grade, and they took us on a retreat called National Peer Helpers. And so this retreat was geared as giving us skills as to how to help our peers if they come to us with situations that they probably should go to adult about, but they're not quite sure yet, so, you know, you usually tell your friends stuff first. So they wanted to, uh, I guess, consider us first responders and give us some skills to try to help them navigate life situations. Well, that continued. And then finally, I took a psychology class in high school and I said, that's it. That's what I want to do. I want to do psychology. So then I went to college and went and majored in psychology. And growing up in church, um, you sit under the word of God, you receive the word of God, and then God shares what he wants you to do. I think I thank my parents for that. I think before leaving the house, you should know what your gift and your talent is. That's my prayer for my children as well. And I think my parents did a great job of directing and steering that and then leaving the responsibility up to me to, to follow in that path. And so I knew Christ, and I knew through prayer and laying on of hands that I was to minister to people. So, but I hadn't quite accepted that yet, Andrea. So I said, you know what, I'm going to go and I'm going to be a Christian counselor, and I'm going to get an MDiv on the side, because you never know. Yeah, I'm going to go get a $35,000 MDiv on the side. Yeah, right. So you know, you know what your calling is, right? And so I thank the Lord for that, because afterwards, I came out of that still talking to people, but I had to take all of that. I had to take that talking to people, that National Appeal Helper. I had to take that that BS in psychology, I had to take that end and I had to bring it and I had to offer it up to the Lord and says, this is what I have. Will you enable it? Will you empower it? Will you use it for your glory? So maybe your gift and your talent isn't necessarily an educational route. Maybe you need a mentor or a mentee. Maybe the Lord wants you to pursue some type of other trade. Whatever it is, it's our responsibility to recognize, you know what, I'm gifted in this area. I know how to do this. And I realize that people need this. And then you take that to the Lord and you ask him to enable you to use it for his service. Because you want to serve God. Serving God means serving people. And so you have to figure out how can I use this to help somebody. He enabled me. Paul agreed. Paul said, remember Paul, he went to college. He did the Greek and Roman philosophy. But he also said, my message and my preaching were not wise and pervasive words, but with demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith may not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Put no confidence in your hands. Yeah, you might be a great mechanic. You might be great at computer programming or whatever it is that you're doing. But trust in God. Trust in him that he's going to give you the the wisdom to cure AIDS. He's going to give you the wisdom to help cancer patients. He's going to give you the wisdom to be the best landscaper in the world. That people are going to drive for miles and miles to come see your landscaping. Take what you have, hold it up to the Father, and he will enable you Why? Because he counted you faithful. He saw you way before you saw you, and he knew who you were and what you would do. Being counted faithful, Paul says, he counted me faithful. And these are for those who don't serve or who do serve, and they say, I'm not worthy enough. Oh, I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not serving because I don't feel good enough. I feel like my past prevents me from doing anything for the Lord. I don't want to be out there. It's just good enough for him to save me. Thank you so, Father. And so what you do is you just sing. I don't know why Jesus loved me. But no, I'm not going to serve, though. I'm not worthy. Because I don't know why he loves me. But then there are others that are serving. And you feel for some reason or another that there's, this is a place where you have to step back. But God has told us that He has counted us faithful. He knows where we are and what we need to do. Now, this is quite different than Pastor Tony and how he gave us a heart searching message last week that we need to check ourselves. This isn't deliberate sin, these are things that may be holding us back prior to Christ, things that we may have done before we came under the blood that we think disqualifies us from the grace of God being upon us. And it's not true. It's not true. Who God has called, He's qualified, and who He's qualified, He's justified. His blood has covered you, and you are fit for the master's service. Don't let your gift of serving people not enter this world. So many people are reliant upon that. He counted you faithful, he counted you in. Self loathing is not humility. God is a holy God, and he is a, a worthy God, very holy. And it does say, be ye holy, for he is holy. But his blood covers all of that. His blood brings us to the throne of grace, where he can give us power and strength to do his will. In this, in this moment, is it okay if we just pray for that right now? Praying for being able to forgive ourselves so that we can push forward in what God has called us to do. Father, we we thank you right now for your son, Jesus Christ, and that his blood was shed for the remission of sins. Father, if you don't condemn us, who are we to condemn ourselves? We ask right now that you lift the spirit of guilt, the spirit of oppression, and that you allow freedom, to be in place, freedom to walk out what you've called us to. We pray that you deafen our ears to the voice of the enemy, to the naysayers around us. Oh God, and that you incline our ear unto you and unto your word. We receive it now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Let's look at Matthew 21. It's a story about faithfulness. We just talked about people who may not be serving because they don't feel like they're worthy enough. But this story is a little bit about people who might not be serving because they don't feel as though um, they don't feel as though they can do what they said they would do or they can do what God has asked them to do. So let's look at Matthew 21, 28. It's the story of two sons. Jesus is talking to those in the temple. And he says, well, what do you guys think of this? This is my version. What what do you think of a man had two sons and he came to the first and said, son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and he said, I will not. But afterwards he regretted and he went. Then he came to the second and said likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said to him, the first. And Jesus said to them, assuredly I say to you that the tax collectors and the harlots enter the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in a way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But tax collectors and harlots believed him. And when you saw it, you did not afterward relent and believe him. So many of us, I mentioned before, say, "Yeah, yeah, I serve God. I serve God. I go to church on Sunday. I go to church on Wednesday. I serve God." But then God delivers the harlots and the tax collectors, and they come into the church, and they serve. They evangelizing. They teaching. They um, doing prophecy. They doing the fivefold ministry. Because they believed what God said. He said. John the Baptist came and you didn't believe him. John the Baptist came and said, serving God means serving people. Repent ye, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Use your gifts to bring forth the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is in you. If you do what you're supposed to do, people will get up, lame will walk, eyes will see. Kingdom of God is at hand. You didn't believe that can happen, so you just come to church and serve God. But the harlots and the tax collectors, John the Baptist came to them, And said, he will forgive you of all your sins. He lives inside of you. He's given you gifts and talents to serve him. They said, oh, really? You mean I can do that? You mean that which is in my heart? That which I love doing anyway? I can do that and help people? I'm in. And they go full force with it. Those who have gone completely left and turned around are more pleasing than those who are on the far right and just sit. Be faithful. He counted you faithful. Remember that thing you told him you were going to do? When he delivered you? You were in the sanctuary? Hands were up? Yes, Lord. You were at the side of your bed? Yes, Lord. I'll go, Lord. Today is the day. Your time has come. Go into the vineyard. Because serving God means serving so he enabled me, he counted me faithful. And the third one uh, Paul mentioned was that he placed me into the ministry. And place in the New Testament means to put or to lay. He causes me to be where my gift is needed. So Paul's steps were ordered by God. That shipwreck, that jail time, you know what happened in the jail, right? They got the singing, the jail fell down. Who do you think got glory and praise out of that? It wasn't his voice. So, he was where he needed to be, and he was doing what he needed to do, which was serving God by serving people, and God got glorified, because that's his word. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. This is for people who say I don't serve because I'm not in position. My life ain't quite right. You know, I work six days out of seven. I be tired. I'm not in position to serve. But we're always in the position, wherever we are, Consider your life now, where you are, where you stand, where you work, where you live. Ask God to place it on your heart. Who can I serve? Who can I attend to? Their interests, so that I can bring them to Christ, or so that Christ can be brought into their life, so that they might believe. What can I do? And I believe he'll answer that. He'll show you. And then your next step is to follow up on it and to have courage. So I told you, pretty much since high school, I knew I wanted to do counseling. And so maybe in college, I knew I wanted to be in private practice. And I already had the name for it. It was called Healing Hearts. So I would call it forth for years. And finally, in 2008, Healing Hearts was here. And it was a beautiful thing. Then we moved, and I started back up, because that's what I needed to be doing, Healing Hearts. And in uh, January, February 2015, I was just sharing with Corey about how excited I am because I'm reaching the five-year mark of healing hearts and how you know small businesses, when you reach five-year mark, it's a, it's a big milestone. Well, August 2015, my little Joe came a little early. And the Lord was faithful in that. And sitting there in the hospital bed, I'm calling clients and you know having to reschedule. And as I'm doing that, I know in my heart I'm not coming back. I already know that that wasn't where I needed to be anymore, that God was taking me and placing me into the home. And while Healing Hearts was a long-standing dream of mine, I still think God has plans for Healing Hearts. I don't know what they are right now, but I, I do believe that he still has plans with it. I found it a little easier to actually walk away than I thought it would be. And it was a little process because you got to tell clients and you got to pack your office, got to talk with your landlord and all this other thing. So with every step out, I was making another step in, into the place in which God had called me. And so I think that's important to outline because sometimes we find ourselves in a place and we say, I can't serve here. And we have to think about, okay, am I in a good place? Or am I in a God place? Because sometimes good gets into the way of God. Is it good to work? Absolutely. Is it good to be able to take care of your household? Absolutely. But we know that God does things that confound the wise. What you mean come home? It's, it's 2015. You need a two, two working house income to make it, you know, make it in these days, Lord. But I thank the Lord that we aren't missing a thing. Amen. I thank the Lord for that. <laughs> Bless his name. Where And so here I am, out of the marketplace, into my house, and I'm thinking, okay, my new ministry is to stay home and to take care of my house. Well, weekly, I find myself kind of, you know, ministering to people, calling people, people calling me. Then after a while, I say, you want to you wanna come over for lunch? Yeah, the kids would be down between 12 and 3. Then i get off the phone and I'd be like, wait a minute, that's my nap time. <laughs> but then it started becoming a standard thing where I started giving up that nap time. I started attending to the needs of others in order to bring them to Christ or bring them closer to Christ and started neglecting myself. I started serving God by serving And that's what we have to do. So I think if we stop and look around, you will recognize in the place in which you stand that there's something that you can be doing. In fact, not only you can be doing, that there is a need that you need to feel. You have the talent, you have the gift, you have the ability that you lift up to God, that he will enable you and cause you to be faithful where he placed you so that he can reap the reward for his suffering, so that he can cause the people to come into his kingdom that he wants to be there. Obedience to others, or obedience to God, yields service to others. Obedience brings about the kingdom of heaven. Don't take it for granted where you are. You are faithful and trustworthy, and God will empower your skills. He did that for a few people. Now, this is the part of the sermon where you helped me preach, you might get ready, Cor. No, I'm just kidding. You don't have to get ready. <laughs> but you're going to help me preach, okay? Because we've been saying it all, all few minutes here. Serving God means serving people. Say it with me. Serving God means serving people. Moses understood that. Moses thought he had a lack of public speaking. He thought his skills weren't good. But he took those skills and he offered them up to God and God enabled him. God made him bold to stand before Pharaoh because Moses understood that serving God means serving people David did that David was a lowly shepherd boy he was his father's last son who else gonna take care of the sheep that's his job but he took that job very seriously no matter how lowly people thought it was he put his life on it tiger and the bear not gonna take my sheep no 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 but then one day Goliath came and God and, and he said who are you to defy my God David said in his mind, I'm serving God. And so he took all those skills of watching those shepherds, watching those sheep, he offered them up to God, God enabled him, made him bold, and he defeated Goliath, serving an entire multitude of people because David understood that serving God means serving people. How about the disciples? The disciples, they were great fishermen. They knew exactly where to catch the fish. They knew exactly what time of day to be out there. They had their little routine down. Jesus Christ came and said, Why don't you be servants of, of, why don't you be fishermen of men? They said, Yes, Father, take what we have. We give it to you, empower it, strengthen us, place us where you want us to be. He said, Okay. They said, We're gonna serve this man who calls himself the Son of God. We're gonna serve him. He had them passionate out fish and bread. And they were okay with it because serving God means serving people. And then our apostle, Pastor Bill, in Birmingham, Alabama, traveling, came to Atlanta, and he felt the call of God on his heart. All that he knew was that he needed to serve God. He knew one step at a time, but he knew that in his service, he could find obedience and that God will enable his skills, that God counted him faithful. And Pastor Bill caught the vision. And here we are in faith manifested. And he understands that serving God means serving people. So it's your turn. It's your turn. Remember at the beginning I told you God was going to tell you some gifts and some talents that you got that you had in your pocket for years. Time to pull them things out. Offer them up to him. He counted you faithful and he's placed you exactly where they're needed. And as you do that, you're going to recognize that people are going to see the God in you and you're going to be able to invoke change in people's lives. Because serving God means serving people. Amen. Amen.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or visit our website at www.newcove.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living Word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.